alumni and previous Sportsperson of the Year recipient. A three-time medalist, including winning silver at the 2018 Commonwealth Games. An extremely driven individual who knows all about juggling study and elite sport. It is my absolute pleasure to invite up our keynote speaker, Corey Bennett, onto the stage. All right, well, hello everyone. I, um, I was actually, I was gonna do something a little bit silly um, when I came onto the stage, I was gonna get you on your, on your feet doing some massive applause and stuff, because it'd be great for the social media and LinkedIn and all that kind of thing, but we're, that's, <laughs> that's, that's not me whatsoever. Um, if anyone knows me, I'm actually not an extrovert in the, in the slightest, I'd rather be at home watching Yellowstone um, with a peppermint tea, or if I'm probably a bit more honest, maybe maths. Um, but AUT reached out to me to, to have a chat to you guys, um, and, and to be quite honest, I, I jumped at the chance. Um, it's a uni that gave so much to me and allowed me um, so many opportunities within my sport and to still continue my, my education and, and to chase my dreams. So as soon as I kind of found out I was, I was doing the talk, I was thinking about um, what, to, what to say to you guys, I guess, because I've been in your seats many times. I think it might have been potentially six times I was, I was sitting there. And I've seen a lot of people up here talking and a lot of people um, in work with professional development and they all, quite a few people talk about their, their journey and, and what they did and what they've achieved. But I was always sitting there thinking, that's a really cool story, but I want to know how. I want to know how I can take little bits from you, put them into me and get me to where I want to be. So that's kind of what I'm going to be trying to do do tonight. Um, I'm really sorry, but the, these things aren't easy. Um, they're no shortcut. It's not a quick fix. They're actually all incredibly hard points that I'm going to bring up and, and hopefully you take away. Um, but you guys are the top 0.1% of people. The fact that you're even here, the fact that you're doing sport, you're doing uni, I'm sure you guys can handle it. So in saying that, through my own experience, learning, struggles, here are the five points that I'm hoping you guys kind of takeaway, or well, the five points I'm going to touch on at least. First of all, you aren't your sport. Your sport is just part of you. Be selfish. Sorry, parents and partners. Be ruthlessly honest with yourself. Turn everything into fuel and find your why or your biggest fear. So you aren't your sport. Your sport is part of you. So obviously that was a, an amazing introduction. I, I feel like I learned maybe a few things about myself with that, um, about who I was and what, I, what I've done, which is, which is cool. And of course, when, you, when you're doing a talk like this, that's how you get introduced, right? You're this person, you've done this, this, and this. So I want you guys just to have a bit of a think about how you introduce yourself when you meet someone. You might have met some people tonight. Hi, my name's Amanda and I'm a swimmer. Or hi, I'm Dave, I play football for New Zealand. How is it that you introduce yourself? And it's, it's obviously situational. It's going to change depending on who you're around, what the event is. But how you introduce yourself is really key. Me, 
personally, when I was in your situation, and, and even now I introduce myself as, as Corey, and I, I don't tend to go much further. I don't talk about how, even back then, I, I wouldn't talk about how I was a hockey player. People would often find out later on in conversations. Because I learned very quickly when I was younger that sport is just this tiny part of who I am. I learned this really quickly after about a year in the New Zealand team, actually. Um, before I made the New Zealand team, I, I dropped out of university to try and pursue um, sport and try and make sure I did everything possible to, to get into this New Zealand team. Um, don't worry, it was a pretty crappy university. It's around here somewhere. It's quite big. Um, but um, I made the, made the upgrade later on. Um, <laughs> So, so I, I dropped out to focus solely on hockey. All my eggs were in one basket, which, great. I made the New Zealand team about a, a year or so in. I'd made my debut. I've been playing quite a few games, and an injury put me out for about eight months. And that was a, an overuse injury. It was an injury that often marathon runners get, which is weird because you look at me, I'm not close to a marathon runner. Um, but I was doing everything they told me Plus, I'd always tag on a little extra. You're supposed to do 10Ks, I'd do 12. You do 10 reps, I'd do 11. And any, well, all the sports people in here know how crappy getting massaged on your IT band is. It's probably the worst place ever to get massaged or, uh, or needles or something like that. Essentially, my IT band had got so tight that where it attached, where it comes down, all our sport majors will know, it comes down, wraps in around under your knee. It was so tight that every time I'd run or move, it would be rubbing on, on my knee. So couldn't massage it out, it was too tight, had surgery on that and I was out, out of sport for eight months. I'd put everything on hold to do this sport thing and all of a sudden it's gone like that. Now I didn't know it was going to be eight months, I didn't know how long it was going to be, but what I'm trying to say to you guys is you need to have multiple balls up in the air and you guys are a step ahead of everyone already. You're doing university, you're making that progression. So as soon as sport keeps getting more and more demanding, please do not let go of your education as well. You need to have multiple things up in the air at one time. Now, I'm not saying you need to have a million balls up in the air, because if you drop one ball and there's a million things up there, chances are you're going to drop all of them. But you've got to have something else to fall back on. I had nothing else to fall back on. So that was a very quick um, learning experience for me. Enrolled in, oh, I was part of AUT, so I then went back to my studies, um, started working, having a few side projects, things like that. And I guarantee you, you might think, okay, I'm putting some effort in these other areas, maybe my performance is going to drop, I'll guarantee you it will improve. You need these outlets mentally to allow yourself to take some space away from your sport or art, whatever it might be, so that you can be excited for training, you can be excited for the games, and I guarantee you, you'll actually turn up and, and you'll be better for it. And in the long run, when you become closer to retirement or retired like me, um, it becomes even more important. Now, the second one is be selfish. Um, chasing multiple things at the same time comes at a cost. Um, time, money, mentally. So please do not be afraid to be selfish. It sounds horrible, but the reality is you guys have a very short period of time where you can achieve what you're wanting to achieve. It could be a few years, it could be 10 years. So now's the time where you need to make no your best friend. So saying no to going out to that drink, going out to that party, something like that, make it your best friend and start getting used to saying it and take real pride in it. 
There's something really empowering about being able to say no when others don't have that dedication. But they obviously, they also don't have that drive and that goal that you guys have. It's something very special. A 0% beer when you have a catch-up, no to that party, no to extra work because they're short-staffed. Unfortunately, that's just not your problem. If you have a really good long-term goal and you want to achieve that, you need to make choices to get you towards those things. And I promise you, you'll never regret those no's that you say. I missed a lot of things with my friends. I missed weddings, parties, times out in town. I can count on, on one hand the amount of times I went out to town with my mates. But I wouldn't trade any one of those no's for that silver medal that sits in my room. And I guarantee you, when you get to the end of your career and you know you've put everything into it, there's not once you'll look back and go, man, I missed that beer that I was supposed to have with Dave that time that he, he asked me. And the really kind of harsh reality is this. People who judge you for exercising too much usually don't exercise enough. People who poke fun at you for eating healthy usually don't eat well. People who push you to drink when you don't want to probably drink too much. And people who pull you away from your dreams probably aren't the people you want around you. We're a society where it's much easier to cut people down to your own level than to raise up to or rise up to theirs. It's evolution. It's a, it's a way to protect yourself because you're self-conscious about maybe I can't achieve that, so you try and bring them down to your level. Your job is to keep it your own level. If you're up here and people are trying to pull you down, you've got to stay your course. And sometimes it's harsh. But the reality is, again, later on in life, it's going to teach you really good lessons that, that no can be a really good thing. The next part is to be ruthlessly honest with yourself. And to be honest, I probably wasn't um, that honest with myself, not necessarily in the physical preparation and the training side of things, but probably the mental health side. Um, and I think probably a lot of guys in the room are the same. You put on a bit of a brave face and you, you, kind of, you, you think you're doing well. But the pressure and the constant push and pull from different places, it's, it's a lot. And you guys have it more than most because you're doing study on top of that. And if you're anything like me with hockey where you're getting absolutely no money, you've got to work as well because petrol doesn't just appear in your car to go to training or to uni. So you've got a lot of things pushing and pulling you around. I was in your shoes. I was training full-time, working part-time, uni part-time. It's a lot. But you need to be ruthlessly honest in absolutely everything that you do. Did you hit the line each time on that beep test that you ran it by yourself? Did you give your maximum effort in that game? Or were you at trainings and you were thinking, I would have dove for that ball if it was a game. I would have kicked that little bit harder in that last 100 metres if it was a proper race. Or are you actually doing it in training? Because if you haven't done the work in training, you can't fall back on that as soon as the pressure starts to come on, as soon as you're backed into a corner in a game where you're losing or you're losing this race, if you haven't done it time and time before, you can't just expect yourself to pull it out of nowhere. Same thing happens with exams or assignments. You can't just turn up to an exam and think, I can pull this one out my ass. <laughs> you just can't. There are some times where you know you've done the preparation and you get weirdly excited for it. I'm, I'm a little bit like that. I'm a little bit weird. Um, I, I now do CrossFit now. I feel like once you're 30, you do 
slow-cooked meats, golf and CrossFit probably are the three things that guys would do. Um, I play a little bit of golf and I CrossFit, so I kind of take a couple of those things off. But I look forward to the really disgusting workouts, the workouts that everyone else goes, oh, I don't want to do that one. And that's because I make sure I do all the work when no one's watching so that you can look forward to those things. And I've, I've been here in this building going into exams where I'm actually weirdly looking forward to the exam because I know I've put the preparation in. And that's you being honest with yourself. A lot of you will know you've come off the field or off a race and you're like, I might have won that game, but I did not give my best effort. So if you can be very honest with yourself that you're putting in the work, then as soon as the pressure comes on, you can fall back on it straight away. The pressure can disappear. You've been there time and time again. All right, turn everything into fuel. So this is a bit of a, an interesting one. When I mean kind of turn everything into fuel, I, I kind of mean li quite literally everything. And, and a bit of a backstory for this on, on, on my side of things is I was, um, I was quite a fat kid. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you're allowed to say that now, chubby or big boned, I'm not. I was, I was larger. Um, I was, I was good at, at hockey, I was good at quite, quite a few sports, but um, I didn't find out until later on that I actually wasn't making teams because of how large I was. Um, I, when you're a kid, you, you just think, you didn't make the team, you're not good enough. You accept it, you move on, you work harder to make sure that next time I make the team. So in a way, it was good that I didn't understand it. I didn't really understand why I wasn't getting chosen, so I just thought, okay, well, I'm going to outwork the other people and then I'm going to make the team. So I grew up with a bit of a chip on my shoulder. Um, it wasn't until um, high school, I think, that my dad told me the story that he actually confronted a coach one time, and parents, please do not ever do this. Um, it's embarrassing to think about, but it was years later, um, where he said why... Has Corey not been chosen? They say, oh, he's, he's not fit enough. So we did a fitness test the following week, and I came in the top kind of few people, and then all of a sudden he's not, not quite ready. So I'd be in the B team, and I'd be the top scorer in the B team or something like that. And um, So it just never made sense to me until kind of I got told that story. So I always had this chip on my shoulder, um, and there's two ways you can always take things. You can either take it negatively and go, okay, screw this, I'm not doing this, throw your toys and you never get anything out of it. Or the way I'd rather do things is turn it into fuel and then just enjoy the look on people's faces when you prove them wrong. So another story, um, fast forward, quite a number of years was at NHL, which is kind of National Hockey League for New Zealand. So I was playing for Harbour. Um, that's a team I've, I've always played for. And we we're going into the season, um, I'd been kind of, they'd been doing, all right, you're captain for this game, you're captain for this game. I got told by the coaches, um, look, mate, we really like you as captain, but we're not going to... We're going to make someone else captain this year um, just because we really need you to be at your absolute best for this tournament. I was a little bit taken aback at the time. I was like, this is bullshit. Um, who are you to decide that? I mean, you're the coaches. You're allowed to decide that, I guess. But... Um, but I went to them and I, and I said this, and again, I don't actually recommend this to anyone, but if you're honest with yourself and you know that you've put in the work and you completely back yourself and you're able to back it up, then I guess far away. I said to them, um, look, guys, I am going to play very well at this tournament. I'm going to help us win, and when we do, 
I'm sorry, but this has nothing to do with your decision. And I will prove that to you. Fast forward a couple of months, we're in the final, we're 3-1 down with 10 minutes to go, so me talking a whole heap of crap kind of wasn't looking too good. Um, 10 minutes to go, I scored two goals um, to complete my hat-trick, we scored in the last minute and we won 4-3 to win that game. And I tell you what, there was no better feeling than going up to them and shaking their hand after that game. It's being like, I bloody told you so. Now, I'm not saying that to, to brag or, or anything like that, but just to demonstrate, there's two different directions you could take that. I could have gone completely off the rails, screw this, screw this team, I should have had this, blah, 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 you throw your toys out of the cot, you play average, the whole team loses, and it's just a terrible outcome overall. Or you can use it as gasoline and just enjoy the look on people's faces as you catch light. Now, not everyone has that backstory, I'm very well aware. So you basically need to find opportunities everywhere. So I've heard of this red car theory. Now, just take a think for a second. As you drove in, how many red cars do you think you saw on the road? Not, sorry, not that you think you saw on the road. How many red cars did you see on the road? You can probably, unless you drive in a red car, can probably remember maybe no red cars, right? On the way home tonight, I guarantee you, you'll remember at least 10 red cars that you drive past. And that just highlights the fact that there is opportunity absolutely everywhere if you are looking for it. And sometimes that also means you have to create your own opportunities. You have to create your own fire. Now, I'm a little bit weird again. I feel like I've said that a few too many times. I'm not actually that weird. Um, but if anyone's watched the, the Michael Jordan documentary series, I, I kind of, not that I learned it from him, but it was very similar. I create stuff out of nothing. There'll be someone at the hockey field. We're running around. Someone in the other team looks at me. What's that, what's that guy looking at? Does he think he's better than me? Okay, just you wait, mate. You, I've seen you look at me. All right, okay, you'll see. Someone shakes your hand, says good luck. I mean, they're probably nice guys, and they're just saying good luck. You think I need luck? <laughs> you made a mistake, mate. Or in, a, or in a CrossFit workout, I haven't even talked, out, talked to the person next to me. I don't even know who he is. He's from somewhere else in Auckland, and he's matching me rep for rep, and I'm thinking... This guy thinks he can bloody go as fast as I can. Does he, does he think he can? Okay, let's see if he can hold on when I turn it up. So <laughs> it sounds crazy, but if there is no opportunity anywhere, there's no red cars on the road, sometimes you've got to create it yourself. So you can't always rely on external motivators. You can't rely on music all the time, motivational talks from your coach, um, this talk... You need to create little things all the time to allow yourself to keep moving forward. And you're literally turning everything into fuel to propel yourself. It's basically all up to you guys how you decide to perceive things and what action you want to take and which direction you're going to be going in. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is actually probably one of my favorite things to, to talk to people about, and that's about finding your, your biggest fear. Um, and kind of what your, your why is. Now, when you're thinking about this kind of thing, it's really important to think deep. It's not just, why do I do this or I like to win? Or something very superficial like that. You need to find something deep within you. And, and to be honest, it does take a little bit of time. So for me, 
Personally, my why is my family. I deeply wanted to make them proud. A lot of what I did was for them and to um, see their faces when I, I achieved something. But then I dig a little bit deeper. And I'm, I'm the youngest of three um, older sisters, lucky me, I know. Um, so I was wanting to make them all proud, but I dig a little bit deeper, and there was actually a fourth sister. So after my eldest sister, um, Jessica, was, was born, and she was around for seven days before she passed away. And whilst this isn't relatable to everyone, for me, I feel like I have a duty to her to achieve something. If I don't do everything within my power to do everything that I'm capable of, then I'm doing her a disservice. Because the reality is, for me, and in my head, I'm, I'm probably not here if she's here. So that's where my kind of why came from. But that obviously doesn't relate to all you guys. You guys don't all have um, a whole heap of sisters. Um, so something that David Goggins actually has said resonated quite a lot with me. And if you haven't read any of David Goggins' stuff or watched him on YouTube, you definitely should. He's widely regarded as the toughest man in the world. And basically, he described perfectly what my biggest fear was. So I want you just to, to picture this. Now, you, you might not be religious. You might be religious. Let's just go along with this. Um, let's say you pass away, unfortunately. You're up at some pearly, pearly gate. Someone's standing there with a clipboard. You turn up, and they say, okay, Corey. And you're like, yep. Like, well, I've, I've been expecting you. I was like, well, that's kind of not what I want to hear, but okay, yeah, this, I'm, I'm Corey. And they start reading some, what you think are, are accomplishments. All right, Corey, you played 110 caps for New Zealand, Commonwealth Games silver medal, you've done this, that, and the other thing. You're like, yep, that's me. And they go, no, sorry, I, I haven't finished. Just bear with me. I need to make sure we've got everything. Um, Olympian, New Zealand's best insurance advisor, changed the insurance industry perception, raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for charity, and I, I cut in straight away. I'm like, no, sorry, mate, you've, you've got the wrong person. Send me back down. Um, I haven't done any of that. Um, I did the first part. I didn't do any of that last part. And they say, no, when did I say it was any of your achievements? I'm talking about this is what you should have achieved while you were down there. So... That scares the crap out of me. I don't know about you guys. Um, but to get to the end of your life and find that you left some things on the table, that's what drives me every single day. So think, if you passed away today, did you do absolutely everything in your power to achieve everything you are capable of? And the next time something's pulling you away from the direction that you want to be heading in, do you want to listen to that? Or do you want to choose yourself and choose um, that long-term goal that, that you have in your head. It definitely makes the decision-making much clearer and much easier. Now, the final thing, and, and to be honest, I wasn't sure I was going to add this, but I guess I, I've got a chance to maybe set an example, and the reality is things aren't always easy, and these talks aren't also aren't always easy. Um, so, so I'll probably mainly read from my, my piece of paper for this one, just because I want to make sure I get it right. But my, my final thought, in addition to those other five, is to surround yourself with good people in an environment to allow yourself to talk. And that's particularly for the men in this room. You've got to talk. 
you never know, being around the right people at the right time may allow you to open up and, and it could save your life. And I say that from experience. When I retired, I spiraled into a very dark place and my life quite literally was flipped upside down. I pushed people away, I struggled to talk. And if it wasn't for my family and my support system, I probably wouldn't be here today. So make sure you're in an environment where you're able to talk. The pressures you're under are often incomprehensible to the people around you. I mean, you're the top point whatever percent of people. But just because they don't understand doesn't mean they can't listen. And that's basically all you need sometimes. You don't need solutions. You don't need actions. You just need someone to sympathize with you and allow you to let it out. And for parents and partners or any other support people in the room, I'm sorry, but your job isn't always going to be easy. It's not always going to be awards nights and, and great accolades. So make sure you check on and check in on all the sports people and everyone in here. I'm going to be honest, you, you might do all of that perfectly. You might be there, listen, all of that. And it still might feel like you're failing a little bit. But trust me, from someone who's been in the absolute highs of sport and the brutal lows, you people are the ones that give you that little spark of light, and that's what you need to keep going. So none of it's easy, right? None of what I've talked about is easy solution, but I'm sure you guys have got it. I promise you, if you take steps towards being your own person, being a little bit selfish, being honest with yourself, turning everything into fuel, fighting your fears, and allowing yourself to talk, you'll always be stepping in the right direction. Thank you.